Speaking the truth about money is for anyone ready and willing to examine their negative thinking about money, let go of the false narrative of the scarcity mindset, and has the courage to change the way they think and talk about money. My name is Martin Coward former Fortune 100 wealth manager turned prosperity mindset coach on a mission to eradicate the scarcity mindset from our planet. Each week, we share stories with extraordinary people changing the future by changing the way they think about money to the truth. We are powerful human beings with infinite resources, including money, to create a world of abundance and prosperity for everyone to enjoy. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Speaking the Truth About Money with Martin Cowart and Joy the Wise Woman. I am both Martin Cowart and Joy the Wise Woman. I am so excited today to have Sharon Hino, a licensed psychotherapist and practitioner who's got over 20 years of experience in the world of traditional psychotherapy. She's got a very promising clinic in New Orleans and she's doing very well with that. But a few years ago, a while back, she made a decision, not too unlike mine, to get out of traditional psychotherapy into a more transformational space of coaching so that she can really help people cultivate and let go of that old scarcity mindset, that old fear-driven way that's so painful and so uncomfortable. I know I've been there and she has too. And I know many of you are listening have been there. In our mission, both of us, we, that's what I'm here. I'm so excited because we both share the same mission and that is to, to bring abundance and prosperity into the world with our gifts and our talents of coaching. And I'm just really excited to hear Sharon's story a little bit about how what made her make that decision uh, a while back to transition from traditional coaching into uh, into mindset, how to a, a traditional therapy to mindset coaching, and I want to hear a little bit about that. And Sharon, Sharon, tell us a little bit about your story of what made you decide to leave a very very promising practice. Oh, you haven't left it yet, but no, I have I, not. I have not. And I'm not. I know that you're in the middle of of letting that go, so you can pursue something that you feel is more in in line with your your mission from God will say. Yes. Yes. Well, absolutely. You just said it. So I'm done. I'm Martin, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. Um, and this is just so good because, you know, you said from God, I'm very faith-based and testimony is just really what I'm passionate about, whether it's on a speaking platform or here um, sharing with you guys on podcast. Um, what brought me out of the chair of therapy, I do still have my therapy practice and I'm not letting go of that. I would like to turn that into a nonprofit, but we'll talk more about that later. Not this show. Um, <laughs> but what led me out of the chair and got me out of the chair was to really focus on growing my business. And through that journey, God called me to this. But I want to share the story I want to share quickly and to hear which really shifted my mindset was to step into entrepreneurship. I was working, I went from working in school systems um, for national organizations that went into the schools after shootings, um, trauma specialists worked with RAND organization out of California. So all this trauma-focused work um, recruited from a hospital that we did nonprofit work 
and working with the kids in the school after Katrina, more trauma, right? So all this trauma work and showed up to work one day. And cause I had created a speaking project on the other side, I guess getting too much attention or for whatever reason, they decided to let me go the week before Thanksgiving, single mom, young child, still living paycheck to paycheck because that scarcity mentality, not having really understanding how to manage money. Um, pretty much living out of my car, you know, and too proud to go and tell mom and dad, New Orleans, we're close knit, too proud to tell them I lost my job the week before Christmas and I can't pay my rent. Anyway, they all found that out. It was all good. They took me in. Um, A week later, I was like, you know what? I know what my skills are. I know what God called me to do. And he told me, you're not going back to work for anybody else. You're going to create a sound place that people can offer services and people can receive. So that was really the first because not a dime to my, my name, not a roof over my head. And at this point, a four-year-old that I had to figure out how to care for as a single mom. Still, I've never married. I am a single mom. Um, so that, that set me into entrepreneurship. 12 years later, six-figure practice, right? I had to really get out of the shift of what I can't have into what I can have. And then now into this coaching platform is really because God has spoken. He wants me to reach an audience and remove that scarcity. Um, I spend time in meditation. And Martin, I shared with you before we got on this call, the message I heard this morning, taking us back to the Old Testament when the Israelites were like, we're going back to Egypt. Slavery was way easier than this. There's no way we can claim that promised land. And we, here we are, umpteen years later, and so many of us are still stuck in that place. And we are the roadblock, right, Martin? He cannot give, the universe can't give, whatever it is, we can't receive until we're ready to remove it. And so I just absolutely love working with people using my clinical skills, but also positive psychology, really helping them remove that mindset, helping them discover their own skills, and then creating a place and a space for them to get into an aligned, authentic life of living themselves. If you're not living authentically who you are, nothing else is going to work. And finances is usually the thing that gets messed up because what do we do, Martin? We shop to buy stuff to fill us up. We shop to put stuff on, right? We do things with our money that aren't healthy because of past messages or just behaviors. Yeah, we do. What we what we really are is what I just want. What I hearing here is that we, all of us, and this particularly in this culture, have been traumatized by money. I don't care how, if you came from a poor family or a rich family. As a matter of fact, I would say sometimes if you come from a family with a lot of means, they use money as a weapon of reward and punishment more than anything anybody else because that was that was their number one tool. Rich people. So I did. I came from, I did not come from a, a poor household, but it still had a scarcity mindset. Of course, because they think, they think, and, and, and often it's not, it's not that they're mean people, no. they're loving people, but they want you to do the right, they want you to do the right thing according to their terms. You know, this is particularly a problem for the gay community because we have a lot of gay people. When your parents find out that you're gay, they cut right. you off because you're not living up to their terms. Which really destroys us as our authentic self. So with me working with gay men, mostly, I'm always trying to help them restore that confidence that they are loved, they are worthy. Are loved, are worthy, and live authentically who they are. And the more authentic they, they, they live as themselves, 
the more power they have to create a world of abundance and prosperity. But you got to go through that dark shadow. You got to unpack that story that you learned as a child through those traumatic situations. And, they, and, and if you look back at them often, and I go back and look at them, they're not all that traumatic. It's just maybe an argument my mother and father were having around money, which I interpret as if you don't make a lot of money, you're not lovable. So at five years old. I, I, you know? I, I mean, I come from a family. My dad really got out of the world he grew up in. I mean, we come from. My grandparents were first generation off the boat, German, French, in this area. You know, you didn't cross the railroad track, but they did and got it together and basically a po'boy shop, right? Like sandwich makers. And my mom grew up in the ninth ward here. So humble beginnings, right, for them. Fast forward, my dad wound up in my lifetime being vice president of oil company. But that, you know, you had it and then the crash did happen in the 80s when I was in high school. It didn't really, I don't feel like it affected me. How it affected me was the fighting that mom and dad constantly did around money. The penny pet pinching that I'm not even sure they had to do, but I think the scarcity they brought, right? Um, and then I'm sure the oil crash had things that I will never understand. I mean, I know New Orleans has never looked the same since that. Right. And, and, and we're doing well, but it's just never looked the same. We just got done Mardi Gras, best Mardi Gras we probably had on the books, particularly coming out of COVID. One thing I can share mom and dad with me. Well, my mom's conversation. Well, I just thought, you know, you and your brother would have been in this situation because we worked really hard to live in a neighborhood. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's where it comes from. Right. Right, that's it, it comes from this sense that we've we've got money, we're better than other people. You know, well, and then you know, <laughs> we love my, my sister-in-law, but you know, like they struggle. Yeah, I don't know, but they just thought, you know, I was gonna marry some Rex guy, and you know, my brother was gonna follow in my dad. He's an artist, but he was gonna follow in my dad's footsteps into corporate. And you know, we both are successful, and but we took very different paths. Right. I mean, it took my mom when I started my practice in 2012, pretty much up until probably about three years ago. You know, 2016, when I bought my house, I, I'm a late bloomer. I bought my, my first house. It's going to be my last house. One of many houses, but my last house in New Orleans. I'm going to get my condo on the Upper East Side in New York. It's coming. Come on. But, um, it's coming. I'm just going to receive it. But when I tell you, she would say every day, and I'm blessed to have her with me, so I'll receive it but, when are you going to get a real job? Because to her, a traditional real job looked very different from what I was doing. And that's a form of scarcity mentality as well. People stay stuck in unfulfilling, unpurposeful careers because of money they're making, because of benefits they're getting, because they're driven by things that aren't the core of who they are. And that's what I just love working with people to help them discover like, oh my God, I don't need to be president of Oshner Hospital. I'm really being called to do this. Yeah. How do I do that? And taking them on that journey. I can so relate. That's it. And, and nothing more fulfilling. I, mean, I get goosebumps. I get all excited about it. I know. I, do too. I, get, I love what you're saying. And I mean, and we don't, we never know. I mean, I'll tell you, I, uh, you know, I, I, I did something really wild last year. I, um, I was, I'm, we're both same, we're both part of the same coaching group, yeah. coaching group. And uh, I was out there doing what I do as a coach. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach. I work with mostly gay, bi, and transgender men, helping them create a 
a world of abundance and prosperity in their world. And I'm looking for people who can afford my prices. I'm looking for successful gay leaders, entrepreneurs who want to be part of my program because I'm, I'm I, they're, they're kind of high ticket. I mean, I charge uh, almost $50,000 for a one-on-one coaching with me for a year. So I, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, I, got, mean, I have a target as well. I mean, but let me tell you this all of a sudden, and I couldn't break through a hundred thousand dollars by the way. And I know now I know why, because all of a sudden I got approached by these LGBTQ asylum seekers in Kenya who needed my help. They were showing up in my groups in like with enthusiasm and like, you know what, when your followers show up, pay attention, put them to the front of the line. So I got to know them and I ended up going to Africa. That's a dream of mine. I ended up going to Africa to deliver a cell phone to my client that I was giving a scholarship to and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And now I found I'm still coaching. I still love it. But now, I mean, let me ask you something. If you want to hire a coach, would you want someone that cares enough about you that get on a frigging plane and fly to Nairobi to deliver a cell phone to you? Well, that's what I was thinking about when you said about the price on coaching. Not only are you getting a coach, you're getting an ally. I mean, I think I'm in Kelly's program as well. I feel 100%. I do the same thing they do and you do the same thing. Like you're you're connected to them and, and ally, ambassador, everything for them. Right. And, and, and I had an opportunity to save one man's life. And that one man, Abba Henry, is now my, now my virtual assistant. He now works for me. He's now part of my team of champions. He is also my business partner because we're, we decided to join forces together to, to liberate the rest of the 600 plus LGBTQ asylum seekers living in that camp. And so that's worth living for. So when you step into that role of entrepreneurship, when you start saying yes to the divine and you're saying no to that rational mind, says, why would you go to Africa? My husband's like, what are you going to, you can't go find any clients in Africa. They can't afford you. That's true from, from the rational mind. The divine space of love and abundance. It was like, that's the only thing I could do. Well, so that takes me into my favorite, and I'm going to go back and read scripture. If, I'm not a tattoo person, but if I was, I'd have it written right there. Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, go by faith, not by sight. Our human eyes cannot see what is out there for us. Right. And so what happens, like you taking that leap, you know, and us entering Kelly's program is a leap of faith, right? Oh, but, yeah, because it, it, so, it, it I, I, I had to use my entire social security check to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, well, and my daughter who's at in uh, New York Film Academy, New York, she's like, mom, I'm supposed to finish school. I'm like, he's got you. God's got you. He's got me. We're good. This is going to be good. Good. Yeah. But what I was going to say is the part of the reason you were able to get on that plane and continue to help and minister and serve that population is because you got rid of the scarcity mentality. Right. We don't give when we're scarcity. Like we're holding on to everything because, well, what if, what when it's gone? I mean, I had such a, a, a epiphany at Mardi Gras, right? Um, and I, just because it's just ended here, this is on my mind. You know, typically I let people go crazy for those beads and that stuff. And I mean, I would come home and if I caught it, I'd keep it or whatnot. But I'd always be furious when it was over because I'm like, now what am I going to do with all this? This Mardi Gras, I had the best time. I caught so much stuff and I just gave it away. And the more I gave away the more I kept getting. But that is actually what 
what it's all about, right? The more we give, but we can't do that if we have that scarcity mentality. Yeah, if you want to, and on the note of the Bible, Jesus talks about squandering everything. Yeah, it's not about hold back nothing, give it all away. And I find the more I give away, and I do, I get, I don't have, I don't know. I'm starting to do that. Like I give it all away, and I find I'm finding the more I give out. The more abundant it comes right. in. You just when you give from that place of true abundance, we live in that abundance because we're not holding on to anything, any false belief. We can't really hold on to any material thing ever. No. If we want to move into that higher level of consciousness, you've got to let go of it. You've got to let go of I do have a story that I used to coming out of that mentality and the fighting that my parents, bless their hearts, once again, this, we have a great relationship, but the mentality, and they still are, you know, I mean, they save coffee grounds. I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm not like, do we need to do that? But one of the things I remember, I was, I was reflecting prior to coming on this and I used to tell myself, and I asked my daughter and she remembered this conversation. I used to tell and listen to what I was saying, how I was setting myself up for failure. I used to tell myself, I don't want anything. I don't really want to make money because I don't want anything anyone can take away. What? I mean, I am sabotaging myself. Of course, we all do. And how proud of me to think like, he's like, what? That is cuckoo-ness, foolishness. Get rid of that. It took me a while, but once I got rid of that, I mean, it's just, and really even further releasing it, I mean, Two weeks ago, Martin, we didn't know each other. And look at us today. We're having a ball, you know, sharing sharing this beautiful space. Yeah. And I'm humbled by the opportunity. And I see yeah, people walking on from Kenya. Oh, my gosh. My heart is just full. Yeah. I mean, and this, and this, and this is the thing we do as coaches. I've been listening to this guy named Major. He's got this 10-part series on about he's a musician and a composer and really well-known one. And he did this 10 part sort of uh, video series of his uh, audio series of his travel around the world. He's got 10 part. And, and he will tell you that it's all about what he learned from Nikola Tesla. If you want to understand yourself and the universe, understand energy, vibration, and frequency. Law of attraction. All of it is about raising this vibrational frequency. So one of the reasons why I come on here, I think one of the reasons you do what you do is it gives us an opportunity to raise our vibrational frequency and our audience's vibrational frequency to the truth. Because if we're stuck in that place of, of, I don't have enough and I'm worried about myself and I'm living in fear, that has a very low, it's a draining of our our, our creative energy. But when we can step up into the power, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with my African brothers and sisters while they're, while they're in the camp, simply loving them. Loving them. And just them simply up. telling them how much I, because I, I do love them. And I love them so much. That's why I'm so dedicated to, and committed to getting them out of that inhumane living condition. And it's even worse right now because there's a conflict going on. So they're know, even higher risk. So, for me, it's important for me and you, I know, to Absolutely. do anything I can to raise that vibrational frequency in myself and, and then collectively around the world. So because when we can raise that up, it's putting, that's it's how we're going to impact And our words have such power. When I work mm-hmm. with my individual clients, laugh with me because they're like, you're so strict. There are certain words 
I will not. And see, I used one of them. I don't like using the word not because it brings negative energy. Right. So you need to follow up. The word should. Never. Never, ever, ever. Never say I can't afford something. Ever say ever. I, right, because say I can't afford it. Guess what? Yes. You won't be able to afford right. it. <laughs> I, I'm in the process of being able to buy that. Right. There are ways. I really, I used practice. I used cognitive behavior therapy and positive psychology, but I get boot camp. Like when you work with me, (laughs) I'm like pressing the buzzer. You know that game that you press the buzzer. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it really is about changing the way we think about everything. Because if you, you know, if you say instead of saying how I can I can't afford it what if you just add, how can I afford this I'll tell you how what I, I so, and, and I'll meditate about that I'll pray about that I'll say God this seems like the right thing for me to do show me how show me how I can get make this happen and this is what happens either it will either the universe will show me how to make how to get how to how to get on a plane and go to Nairobi yeah I didn't know why I didn't know I had the money to do but that he, but he did it he but did. I was, but I found myself with a ticket in and then a, in a, in a first class hotel in Nairobi meeting my current business partner Abid who traveled to to business to two days on a bus to get there. So, you know, when you, when there's a will, there's a way. There's a will and words and speaking it. One thing I can share my daughter as a testimony. Um, I, from the beginning spoke, you're not going to go to LSU or some local college. You're going to get out and see the world and see it. I mean, New Orleans is a great place, but it's in a bubble. You need to go out and, and live elsewhere you need to go experience life. And I spoke this from day one. And then once she fell in love with the arts and got the actress, she's an actress in New York, got, a, got that bug. Um, I spoke, and she didn't do community theater here. I mean, I was a single mom working these multiple jobs. I was like, you got to do what's at school and that's it. Um, but I was spoke. I was like, if you want to be an actress and you want to be in musical theater, then you, you know, you got to go to New York and it's going to happen. Don't say it won't. We'll figure it out. She got a full scholarship. She wrote something else that got her another scholarship. And then she, you know, went, she's living in New York. The amazing thing is her school, when they, when she went on and said, this is what I'm going to do. And you're like, you need a backup plan. And she came to me. She says, mom, I'm just really struggling with a backup plan. I don't feel like I need one. I said, well, then don't get one. I said, you may on your journey be called to a different path. But for me, a backup plan is permission to quit. I love that. So she wanted to write that in the yearbook as her quote. They wouldn't let her put it. <laughs> She's like, Mom, I got, I got, I already, you know, I'm like, you're already a rebel, but you know, I, I love mean, it. She's, she's a disruptor. She is a I disruptor. Mean, I love disruptors, you know. That's and, what and she I, I said, well, you know, let them put what they're going to put, and you go forth. And I mean, the physical eye, like legit. If I, I look at my books and. Uh, you know, you'd be like, we could, we need some work here. And I, I know I do, but it's a work in progress. But the physical eye doesn't make it possible, but it's happening because I'm bringing the energy to myself. I'm speaking the positive and I've gotten rid of the scarcity mentality. And I'll, that's what I'm just passionate about sharing. So whoever's sitting out there, it is possible. You know, I love, I'm picking up on something that I'm really, I never heard before and I really like it. I want to just pull this thread a little bit and you're talking about the physical eye versus the spiritual eye i think is that what you're talking yeah. about yeah and and that's what this and that's what this whole idea of these different vibrations are musical vibrations are to bring us out to bring us 
to bring the, the spiritual eye in alignment with the physical eye. Well, and you can only do that through meditation, your prayer work. It, it's not going to happen without that extra intention. I mean, intention. I mean, I, I have, and one of the things I work with my clients is to find the non-negotiables. For me, my non-negotiable, and I even told Kelly or Heidi, my, my coach, but really the, her team was, if this is going to take away, because it's a busy schedule, right? As coaches, we're busy, but we enjoy it because we're giving. But I was like, I have to have my time with Jesus. Like, I got to have my time in my prayer chair. If I'm not going to get to do that, like, this is all going out the window. That is the first and foremost priority. And they're like, absolutely not. This is what we're, we're all about. You put family, that's what was such a shift. And, and you do this. You put your family, your friends, your um, folks in Africa, those things that are so important to you on that calendar first and you build everything around it. You certainly do. You put people first. And you. And for me, and for what I do as a coach, is I teach people the path to I call it, I teach you all the path to financial to, to heart space. Heart space is the word I use. Jesus called it the kingdom of heaven. I think Joe Dispenza today calls it the quantum field. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that Jesus was talking about the quantum field when he was talking about the kingdom of heaven because we didn't have that kind of science and technology back then. But if you really look look under peel it back and look at it, what the quantum field is today is what Jesus was talking about when he said, enter into the oneness of the, of, of the kingdom of heaven, which is at hand. It's a higher realm of consciousness. Wow. Uh, a, a higher, and so that's what, that's what we're talking about. And to me, I'm the same way. It's like, if you, if you want to, I can teach you three things. This is what I teach people three things. One, who are you authentically? I am the, I am the, I am the, I am the loving creative consciousness that's holding the universe together. That is the big I am and my definition. I be still and know that I am God. And I got to line up the little Martin with that. So Joy the Wise Woman, I told you again, she is the big I. That's the name for the big I. So I agree with you. I have to spend every single morning and I I will tell my clients, if you don't do this, if you don't start your day every day getting into alignment with the divine and bringing that on life, it's always there, by the way. You can't be alive and not be connected to the divine. No, you have to be. But and he's just waiting for you to receive. He's at the door, but you've got to open it. you got to knock on it, yeah. And you got to say, okay, I, 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 I wake up from there with devil, with what I call vultures on the bedpost saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart. I say, oh, wait a minute. Let me go have some coffee. Let me look around. What am I grateful for? Absolutely. And all of a sudden I have my practice and you've got yours. And I always recommend that is that is the key. It sets the tone for the whole day and for everything we do. Our everything. Interaction, everything. everything. And it's, it's just, it's so critical. I mean, it's critical to me and I, I, I do teach it. Um, in my work, I do use spirituality. I just can't talk. And I will tell you. I was a harlot back in the day. You want to hear the story of the story, <laughs> that person to who I am today. And, and I share it openly because it's about testimony, right? God is not done with me yet. And I got to tell you, he's writing another story. He has called me. He's like, you're my David. And just wait, there's a Goliath out there that he's going to allow me to defeat. And I think I know what it is, but he's going to allow me to defeat it. And then I'm going to have that testimony. Well, I would say, I love that analogy, that metaphor, and I would say that that Goliath is the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. 
that fear-driven belief that we're not good enough, that we're outworthy for some reason. And, and that's big because it creates a lot of pain and suffering in the world. And and, uh, and I would say one thing, we're getting up on the half hour and I came, I knew we would because like, we like each other so much. We just died. We talked talk for two or three hours if you wanted to probably here. Um, <laughs> so oh, I want you to come over to my show. So we'll, we'll, I'll have you as a guest on my live. I would love to come on your show, but I want to, we just, we just touched on something and I was going to ask you is like, what's the one thing you would tell people that they, if they want to, if they want to break through that scarcity, I would say develop a morning practice to get In to know morning God. Practice of quiet and stillness. Yeah. And, and I know that's the one thing, but when they start hearing that internal, which comes from the gut to not shut it down, allow it to come forth and listen. Yeah. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. Be still and listen and know that I am God. That is, that is the most profound thing in scripture. Uh, be still and know that I am God. And then the other thing that I that I preach a lot is the one command. The only thing Jesus told us we must do is to love your God with all your heart and all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you live on that, everything will fall in place. Everything will fall in place, and, and it will. And I love abundantly, right? And live abundantly. Old Testament, love your neighbor. New one, love your neighbor as He loves us. Yeah, That's a lot of love. So you know what? I'm just going forward and sprinkling it out. <laughs> that you know, my, I, had, I had a coach years ago when I was first in the financial, the traditional financial wealth building, uh, wealth management business. I had a wonderful coach. He was a spiritually based coach as well, and he would say, because he was teaching about success in the in that industry. Let me tell you something about what success is. Success is he, she, and I'm going to add they because I want to be pronoun. who loves the most wins that's it it's the most i mean that's that's all we get to take with us is that love that's all we are we are just that love creative energy so the more we can share that and bring that vibration to the world the the more fun and more joy we're going to have in our lives so we're almost at the half hour so this has been delightful if people want to find out more about you they want to get to know you they might want to talk to you about some coaching or how to be, what's the best way we so want to get in touch? The best way is to request um, membership into my Facebook group, which is Prosperity Reimagined, which just run with that name because it's pretty much everything we've been talking about. But Prosperity, R-E-Imagined. Um, and it, it go over to Facebook. My name is Sharon Hino. On Instagram, I'm Hino 26 I have to think of all these, you know, numbers and acronyms and things, but, um, friend me, like me, follow me and I'll bring you into that group. It's growing and we're just, we're putting, it's all about positive vibes going out. Absolutely. I love that. So if, if, if that, I encourage anyone, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know Sharon in the last few weeks. We just met each other a couple weeks ago and we just like, we both have the same, sim- we have such a similar passion for shifting mindset uh, from that old horrible dangerous fear seven thing to the to the love and the joy of abundance that we just um we just we just hit it all so well and we just i want i couldn't wait for it to come on the show uh just quickly share how many let me just give a couple if you're interested in finding out more about what i do uh, i have a i have two facebook groups i have one is called the financial mystic sanctuary anyone's welcome to join that group uh, and we do a lot, and we do a lot of interesting things over there dealing with, with positive mindset and bringing how would we use spiritual principles? How do we use spiritual wisdom? How do we use the universal law of abundance to solve financial problems is what we talk about in that group. 
additionally, we talk about the same thing. I have another Facebook group specifically for gay, bi, and transgender men who want to know more about my coaching and how to remove those shadow beliefs that are standing in you way, your way of being that exciting risk taker that you are that wants to say, yes, I'm going to get on that plane and go to Africa. I don't care what, because that's the kind of person I am. I am. Going. I got one life to live here and I'm going to make it as exciting as I can. I'm tired of living in this side of you. Not enough. And, not, and if that's you and you're gay or transgender or a bisexual man, come join us in, in our Facebook group over there and let's get to know each other and let's see how we can help you in that group. Okay. So, Sharon, again, it's been so wonderful having you. Thank you so much for having me here. My heart is full. Hold still for one second. I'm just going to close out and we'll be right back with you. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening with us today. And thank you again, Sharon, for being our guest. And may love and prosperity prevail. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are, please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you appreciated, where we can improve, and any topic you want to know about for future episodes. If you would like to find out more ways you can participate in the Abundance Mindset and Prosperity Living Movement, join our private Facebook group, The Financial Mystics Sanctuary. If you are a gay, transgender, or bisexual man ready and willing to explore how negative thinking about money is impacting you and our tribe, join our private Facebook group, Financial Heart Space for Gay, Transgender, and Bisexual Men, a sanctuary for GBTQ business leaders to love and support each other. May love and prosperity prevail. Thank you.